Welcome to Red, White, and Black Eye, the American rugby podcast. I am Preston. And I am Warren. Let's talk some rugby, Preston. Oh, man. Yeah. The real thing. Warren, I don't care that it's 10.24 in the morning on this Friday. I'm opening a beer because it's been so long since you and I have recorded it. It feels great to be back, back uh, on, on this uh yeah, the American Rugby Podcast. As you just heard, I Preston, this is Warren. <clears throat> Generally, when we're recording very often, we're doing our best to talk about all things American rugby, uh, literally anything. And in, in recently, it's been all Rugby World Cup qualifying, Warren. That's what we've been getting into. But there's a lot more that we ask um, for you to do other than listen, which we thank you for sticking with us um, during our, our hiatus, which was unannounced. You know, all the great hiatuses are unannounced, Warren. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, we've got a tumultuous relationship, Preston and I, (laughs) things were said, (laughs) we had to take a break from each other. No, actually it was children and work and and a variety of other things, but we are back. It was the backs versus forwards argument. It got a little heated. It got, it finally boiled over, (laughs) but we are back. And, and all we ask of you guys is, is a few basic things. Give us a follow on social media at America rugby pod, Twitter, Instagram, Go to our website, americarugbypod.com. You can find all of our all of our links there, our, our Apple, iTunes, our uh, our Spotify. And Preston, really the most important thing is to leave us a five-star review. Mm-hmm. Our deal to you is no matter what it says, we will read it out. Um, finally got caught up. This is our latest five-star review. We don't have any new ones after this, so that's a challenge you to go out there and write a new one. However, we had quite a backlog, Preston, and you can tell it by this five-star review. <laughs> It's from Rugger Zip. It says USA National Club Sevens. First time listening to the podcast, and I really enjoyed it. Can you do a rundown of the clubs playing in the National Club Sevens next weekend in Seattle? Keep up the good work. So <laughs> clearly, we uh, took too long to catch up to that uh, to that review. Really appreciate it, Rugger Zip, and we will do a better job next time yeah. to uh, do it. But I was happy that was quite a while ago. It was back in August. Um, it was cool to see that them take that back to Seattle, Preston, mm-hmm. um, uh, hotbed of club rugby and amateur rugby in the United States is in Seattle. Ob- obviously a great support base for the Seawolves mm-hmm. and, um, good to see them finally bring back that tournament af- after COVID. Cause I think it took a yeah. two year hiatus and, um, really important for the development of sevens as a brand in the U S and in our mm-hmm. national teams. Yeah, if you like, possibly more so than 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 15s. You know, MLR is what feeds into the Eagles, but I still sure. feel like so much of our potential sevens Eagles can come from true club rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just it's easier for that a club to be um, legit in sevens. You know, if you only have ten to twelve players, it's easier to travel. It's you know easier schedule uh, at least during the summer months. But I, I feel like the future of a lot of our sevens players is still in club sevens. Um, and Agreed. I think that's really exciting to see. Agreed. Well, Preston, let's move into beer and banner. Obviously, we have a massive test match against Uruguay. It's all mm-hmm. down to the line. America's one qualification um, is up. But but we've got a little bit of news to catch up on before we get into that test match. We, we are going to review the squad and, and talk a little bit about what needs to happen down in South America to get us that America's one spot. But where, where should we start first? Yeah, so for right now, beer banter, we're going to start off with, a, I guess, somewhat of a negative note, but then a quick positive because we we haven't recorded since uh, the Eagles' second win over Canada. You know, they, they dropped the first match. Canada finally um, ended the unbeaten streak. Um, the USA 
That, that yeah. honestly is why we didn't record the pod. It's just yeah, <laughs> we were like we it, it, it killed the pod. We're like this, this yeah. is. I was filling out uh, you know residency forms for Canada, and then yeah, and I was what am I doing? I'm making a huge mistake. But now the, the Eagles came back out the next weekend, and, and and they really gave them the what for Warren. I'm not going to lie about that. So we'll, we'll we'll briefly talk about that and just players and the momentum and really I guess like what that means, and then we'll get into to, to Uruguay because it's it's been a long time. But the first things first. This is not new news, but. USA versus Ireland in Las Vegas was canceled and we haven't talked since then. So, you know, it, it, we don't have to beat this dead horse, Warren, but I'm going to ask you, is this, is that a bad thing? Is, is it a bad thing that we're not playing Ireland in, in Las Vegas, uh, you know, for everyone to see? Unless we were guaranteed a, a whole ton of money. No, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, right now, USA rugby is in a weird spot. Um, we've, we're got doing a lot for money, Warren. Yeah, we'll uh, got the MLR to, to lean on and, and 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 take some pressure off, but we're still in a coming out of bankruptcy. Have a really, really, really reduced staff, and if if we can't promote the game, can't put butts in seats, if it's even going to like cost us money, then yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. They were able to blame COVID, but uh, we can it's all be honest yeah. with ourselves that it's not due to really due to COVID. Um, you know, how can the New Zealand game go on, but the Ireland game not go on uh, due to COVID just doesn't really make sense. Yes. Being that um, one, the, the, the New Zealand game, October 23rd, that's this month is that's, have you, have you seen anything or heard anything? Is that match going to happen? Is there, are, are we supposed to watch? Are we supposed to know when it's going to happen or what's going on? I, I see a link about it on USA rugby's website. That's about all uh, an occasional Twitter post. Yeah. I don't, I haven't seen much. And and we'll talk about this a little bit going into the, the USA Uruguay, um, the second test match is, is just how different this World Cup qualifier feels mm-hmm. um, than last time around for the 2019 World Cup in terms of publicity, support, I, n- n- taking nothing away from the, the players. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying just as hard. It's just as important to them. I'm really talking about both USA rugby, which, which again, the people that are there are trying their hardest. I'm not taking anything away from them, but there's just no people there. There's only a handful of them. Yeah. But really, I think it's world rugby. I think world rugby is, has retreated on tier two due to COVID right. Where prior to COVID tier two was this kind of thing you could throw a little bit of money at and try to use it as an expanding market. I think it's very, very clear that world rugby has retreated back to the money, the, the cash cows, the, the handful of tier one nations, yeah. you know, England, Ireland, uh, New Zealand. Bad news for, and, the, for us bad looking uh, people. At the yeah. Bar. <laughs> I mean, because it's just, there's no publicity. The world rugby will do like a tweet and that's it. Yeah. And nobody's talking about the fact that, Hey, there, there's a really decent chance that Chile could somehow qualify for the world cup for the first time or yeah. that, that um, Uruguay could upset the United States and take America's one for the first time. I mean, there's some pretty yeah. crazy storylines going on here and it's crickets and nobody's really talking about it. I feel like it, it, it goes back every time to, you know, people who are interested in rugby and they're like, all right, well, what can I do? All right, well, you know, you can play, you can find a club in your city. You can definitely do that. Um, that's fun. They, they get to run around, tackle, go to a bar and drink. And like the next step, okay, well, if I want to watch MLR, what do I do? All right, well, here's the rugby network. It's free, or you can watch these games on CBS Sports, Fox Sports 2, Fox Fox Soccer Plus. Yeah, Yeah, they've got all of these replays on on 
on the Fox Soccer Channel. I've, I've recorded games on there before. They have a weekly analysis show. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. We have an actual show now um, from um, Next Level Rugby. Ryan Ginty doing a great job. And then it's like, all right, the next step. What do I do? I have to follow the Eagles. It's like, all right, well, you know, thirty you bucks. Yeah, thirty yeah. bucks to to watch for one month, so you can watch Canada. Uh, the matches those one month and the next month you get to watch two more matches. It's it's $30 to listen to somebody else's broadcasted stream in a a blatantly supportive Canadian announcer. Yeah. And uh, like with no production value, no no American perspective, you know, behind the scenes, no pregame halftime or or, or postgame show. And and where that was, someone brought up, there was a complaint about something with the, the broadcast and it was directed at flow and, you know, someone was like, well, it's not really Flo's fault. It's someone else's, um, you know, production. And I'm like, well, that's not how I view it. You know, if Flo's name is on this, Flo is the one who's responsible. Right. You know, if, if they don't want to catch shit for, for having a shitty production, bad camera Send work. Send somebody there and, produ- yeah, and produce yeah, yeah. it yourself. Put some work into it. If you, if you want to, you know, charge someone that much money, you know, right. don't put your name on it. Like if I charge, if, I, if there's a house party that I don't live in this house and I'm charging people to get in the door, and then something bad happens inside. They're probably going to look at me. I, I'm the one that's holding all the money. Like I'm the one that, that, you know, letting everyone in. So it's like the buck has to go to someone and it goes to flow. And I think it's just difficult to ask people or to drum up support, especially with, with you know, I started playing rugby again, Warren. I know we, we, we've talked about that. I'm trying to get you out. That's why I talk about it so much. I'm gonna, yeah, sure. I'm going to get you to, to come back. Hey, the Kai Country boys, they remember you, Warren. Jack is out. He's asking about you. Um, he's telling me that I'm going to be your replacement. I'm, I'm going to be the new Warren in high country. But but when I only bring it up just to say that, you know, at practices, the only person that I've really talked with about the USA rugby team is, is the guy who heard me talking about wanting to play rugby again, who, who reached out and was like, hey, come play for high country. So it's it's already someone who's plugged into the rugby world. You know, if you listen to the podcast, right. you're probably a pretty niche fan. Uh, it, it, there's no one else on the team that's a casual fan that's been talking about it. And in the MLR final, we all went to our bar, uh, Brew House. We watched the MLR final on like seven different TVs. And I already told you that there were other rugby groups not affiliated with us watching there. You can't do that with the Eagles. Who's yeah. going to bring their flow laptop there to, to put that up in the bar? It, it's going to look terrible. It's, it's just a completely different vibe. Um, and I like what the point you brought up before the pod. And if you want to, I think that's where some discussion, if you want to get into that before we get into the Canada's talk, we'll get all this out now. Before we yeah. get in, but yeah, if you well, want to bring up I, that point, which I think is it's very valid. Well, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I do think world rugby can do a better job. Um, uh, you know, a lot of it falls on bad decisions that were made by USA rugby, but I also think world rugby, they clearly have identified us as a market they want to expand. Mm-hmm. The fat one of the fastest ways to expand rugby in the United States is get people behind the national team, getting them, supporting them. Yeah. And these, you know, playing the all blacks once every eight years and trying to sell out a football game. select. Like, isn't isn't doing it right yeah. we, we need to think of some other creative ways and um they have a stake in us now because they bailed us out so you know my challenge to them would be to, let's get creative let's try yeah. something different rugby has such a mindset of just being conservative and doing the same old thing over and over and over again yeah they're the radical things that rugby changes are laws and uniforms and those are really the two things we don't need <laughs> changing we need to change how we think about the game putting on games getting people getting butts and seats leave the rules as they are yeah. go back to retro jerseys because those are cooler the big and let, let's let, let's make yeah. the uh yeah let's make uh let's make the event bigger or yeah i agree with you so like <clears throat> the the standard quo it's like oh well let's just send a tier one there like let's yeah. have them play australia 
before the World Cup, but we'll send New Zealand, we'll send Ireland. It's like that trusted, like, let's just send them a tier one to play. That's the status quo. And then, you know, you're talking about you got to shake it up. You got to do something different to me. And I'm going to bring it up again, Warren, the America's Rugby Championship. That was something different. That was shaking it up. That was not status quo. I mean, that was a, you know, intercontinental tournament between, you know, smaller rugby countries, larger rugby countries, you know, someone like the U.S. who who is a, you know, global leader in everything. We were one of the middle teams some years in, in that yeah. tournament. You know, that to me was shaking it up. And yeah. you know, I'm not going to playing and playing in smaller stadiums that were being sold out every time or yeah. being close to sold out. So it was a raucous crowd. Like it was, it was a well-planned out, but l- let's be honest, that took investment that took yeah. energy. And that's clearly what's, what's not happening. Yeah. Anyway, Warren, that's a, it's a rant. I, yeah, a rant. I think we needed to have it just, mm-hmm. I think you're right. There is this lack of, you know, excitement, you know, there's, there's, you, you brought it up. So I'm not going to take credit for this Warren, but there was, I think there's more interaction with the Will Hooley signing announcement with San Diego than pretty much anything we've seen other than maybe the highlights that, that USRB put out, you know, and, and I, like obviously think, the highlights are going to get a lot of attention. Yeah. I think more people, if you were to just pull a random rugby fan uh, in the United States or abroad, I think more would know that Will Hooley signed for San Diego this week than that USA has the second test match against Uruguay. Yeah. And that's, we love Will, Will Hooley and we are stoked to see him play in the MLR. But that's a freaking tragedy that, yeah. that people don't know that we're playing Uruguay this weekend. So, and I guess like the 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 best thing or the <clears throat> one saving grace that I can hope for Warren is it's like we're boiling frogs, you know, and you can't just throw them in the boiling water. You got to be like, here's MLR. Here are all these players that you like. Get interested in it. Have your city. Have your team. Have your connections. And then down the road, when USA Rugby is not behind the flow, you know, paywall then we can try and like launch it on them. I'm like, okay, now you need to get into the USA team because Hooley plays for the Eagles. Like, don't you want to follow these players to the next level? I, th- I feel like that's, that's the one saving grace, but it's, it's just like, a, it's a slow boil, very, very yeah. slow boil until it's like appropriate to, because right now, you, you know, it's kind of harsh to be like, you want to be a USA fan. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to do, you know, it's not easy. And you're pull also your going to be disappointed a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> pull your weight. Well, let's talk about not disappointment. Two, yeah. So we've got two wins on the on the bracket since that loss to Canada. Yeah. Massive thumping of Canada, 38 to 16, mm-hmm. which even that scoreline is is uh is kind of not showing how much of a of a just a beatdown it was. It yeah. was truly a an amazing USA performance against Canada. What we'd come to just expect of the USA versus Canada over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And Preston, hopefully what we might see with Uruguay in terms of kind of a, a rough start when they get back together. Cause we know they don't have a ton of time in camp. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but having a lot more time in camp, figuring some, some things out for that second game against Canada. I'm wondering if we might have the same against Uruguay. Cause when we talk about this Uruguay narrow Uruguay win 19 to 16, is kind of similar. Yeah. Although we are going mm-hmm. on the road for this Uruguay game, which is a, a, a bit unnerving, but any key takeaways from that, that Canada match, uh, Preston? Yeah, I think just the the response um, from from the boys coming out uh, of that loss, that close loss, and what I believe was three points, which is the same thing that you know we ended up with Uruguay, and we'll and we'll get to the the late game heroics from Uruguay in that one. But really about this this Canada match, Warren, you're right about the scoreline not really reflecting it. It was a penalty try in the 80th minute to Canada, uh, and and that's how they got on the board, other than their um, penalties in the 
you know, sixth, ninth, and 32nd minute when they were still sort of, you know, clawing their way back in. From that 32nd minute on to that 80th minute penalty try, it, it was USA. Um, and, and you, uh, Honko Hamashaisa, the Hamashaisa getting a hat trick. Yeah. <clears throat> you look at, you know, how we scored the 17th minute with Honko, 22nd minute with Christian Dyer, 29th minute with Honko, 40th minute with Honko, and then De Haas, the 51st minute, Tafete in the 63rd. That's a full game domination. I mean, then that's that. That's boards, backs. Yeah, I mean, broken it's, play, um, set piece. You know, domination. and it had already been. We'd already been pulled away so much. You know, you could argue that uh, a lot more of our forwards could have scored there toward the end if if we were mm-hmm. trying to put them all on. If we were trying to put that pressure on, the scoreline mm-hmm. could have been a lot worse. So I think it's, um, you know, having AJ McGinty for the the entire match, and and we'll talk about him being out for the the rest of the Uruguay series. But and when Will McGee showed that he is fully capable of uh, uh, taking control of the Eagles against the solid squad like Uruguay, but having AJ McGinty come back, um, finally meshing with the squad, you know, he came in, he came in the second half, I think of that first Canada match. And so that it kind of felt disjointed, Um, but I think that was a huge response and and Honko again, and we'll talk about him in this next match, but Honko is just, he is an animal. I think he's going to be, Potentially the next, you know, Cam Dolan. We just had news about him tying Todd Clever for most, was it most wins as an Eagle, I believe? I think no, he, he, has, he, has a, he has more wins. Um, of, he he uh, passed Todd uh, Clever or he tied? No, I think um, the, the caps, he, he's approaching, okay. he's approaching his, his cap um, status because I think he doesn't have as many as Todd still, but um, he's well, I got thought it was more like just wins. wins, like wins. Yeah, I thought it was wins, but oh I think, yeah, he's got more wins. Yeah, I think Honko could be that next player where it's you know he's still so young. When you're talking about Honko being 28 and 29, you know, it could I, he could be the first Eagle with maybe 40 wins under his belt? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that I thought that was super exciting. I mean, what what notes do you have other than our defense as well? I mean, being at home obviously helps, but. I, I was surprised to see that much of a turnaround to go from a three point win to, you know, 38 to 16 and then winning the overall aggregate, you know, 59 uh, to 90. I mean, sorry, sorry, 13 point deficit. We had a 13 point deficit and that's huge when you're playing Canada. I mean, my, uh, my, my biggest takeaway is the, the, uh, the physicality of the team. Like I said, that was the way we were going to beat Canada to start out with. And we weren't physical enough. Um, it was, we raised the bar and, and, and got physical and, and just dominated them in every aspect of the game and, and kind of beat them up. Um, and we honestly, we lacked that a little bit against, uh, uh, Uruguay when we narrowly beat them in Colorado. So yeah. the set piece domination, scrum domination, line out domination was, was key. And it's going to be our way to beat the, the, these other tier two nations is that's just an area of strength for us. When you have the likes of Joe Tafate, mm-hmm. right. When you've got the likes of Greg Peterson in your engine room, um, you were going to be able to do that. Honko Hammerscheiss is a great example. So um, not saying that's how we're going to beat the all blacks or Ireland or anyone like that, but it's definitely should be our game plan for, mm-hmm. for other tier two nations. Preston talking about um, Honko, you know, again, getting another actual start against Uruguay in that 1916 match. Um, he is going to be uh, missing though on this upcoming uh, Uruguay match. And so you're right. He's an exciting and exciting player, but not listed in the, in the 23 uh, as we travel down to Uruguay. And it, and it's a guy that um, 
it's going to be huge boots to fill because moving to this Uruguay game, another just like physical presence out, out in the field and, um, and a, a great tackler, a great ball carrier. And also one of those guys that will attach himself to the back of a mall and really take that ball and, and all of a sudden be sprinting with it. He, he almost runs like a back. So somebody we're going to have to be keeping an eye on for, our, uh, for missing the second Uruguay game. Yeah. Warren, uh, you know, look at this first Uruguay match. It, it looks, I mean, obviously the, the first half was really tight. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it could have gone, obviously up until the very end, it could have gone either way. But for a while, the USA definitely pulled away. It looked like, <clears throat> I don't want to say, I don't know if we looked more organized or if we were just able to capitalize more. But, it, it, you know, they're scoring in the 39th and the 49th minute. That second half really blows it open. And then toward the end of the match, you know, we're talking last five, four, maybe even three minutes, you know, Pajudas gets in for a try for Uruguay uh, and, and they get that conversion. And it, it's a three point game. You know, how, how did your mood change from, you know, seeing the score in the beginning, you right. know, when it, when it was, you know, we're trading penalty kicks, um, you know, early on, maybe missing some. And I mean, they were able to get some early, but it's just that low scoring game to us pulling away and then seeing how it ended. How, how did your, I don't know. How did your mindset to like change during that time frame? It pretty much reminded me that Uruguay is as a, a Preston Solid uh, phrase. They're they're no slouch. I mean they yeah. they can play rugby. They're um, a lot. A lot of these players we're we're familiar with now. They play in MLR. Uh, that tiny little nation, like they 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 always give us a, a run for our money, and they they are here to to win this um, America's one spot. And there's there's no doubt in my mind, and they think they can do it, and they definitely can. Um, and, and it was, it was USA just kind of making, uh, silly mistakes, uh, a little bit of a porous defense, uh, giving up some easy penalties. Um, it, it was a, it was a tough, it was a tough game to, to watch towards the end there. It, a W is a W it's great, mm. but with an, when it's an aggregate score, um, really we're not taking a ton away from, from that win. It is a win, yeah. but we're talking about a three, three point different. So basically, we're starting uh, this weekend's game up 3-0. That's really the only way you can look at it. Yeah, and that's that's basically <clears throat> nil-nil. Uh, but I, I do want to touch on some highlights, Warren. And I feel like you and I have talked about this in the past. A lot of times when the USA plays, we don't have as much time to get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, our tries, when we do score them, aren't as aren't like highlight real worthy. Like when you watch international you know, te- test rugby at, at you know, tier one level, you see some ridiculous offloads, uh, some really great interplay, right. uh, you know, some magic. And I they, they, like, they test the defense for phase yeah, they, after they, they phase after it. phase after phase, and they finally break through. Yeah, I, I feel like we we did that on this one, especially with that first try, Dolan's try in the 19th minute. You know, Cruze starting it off with that quick line out to himself, and then that huge bump up into the runner, which. I, don't, I think it's, you know, flow rugby. You can't actually see the bump because like the camera froze. So I don't know if it was like the same for you, but yeah. like on, on, on even on you the highlights. You get what you pay for. That's yeah, a $30 production. <laughs> yeah. But just, you have that. And then you have, you know, Honko, that line break on the outside with the dummy pass. And then I think within like, within 10 meters of the try line, you had Honko passing, uh, was it to Lepetti, uh, who popped it up to, I think one other person who then popped it up to, to Dolan. So like within 10 meters, you had yeah. an additional like three R- Ruben had it. Ruben yeah, had yeah, it. Sorry, yeah, Ruben yeah. had that nice offload. So it's just that was the kind of try that, that I don't I don't think we see too often in, in the Eagles rugby, just because it takes 
you know, it, it takes so much for that to go right. You know, everyone has to be running the correct line. And I felt like that to me is sort of, okay, it's our third match together. I'm right. not counting the, you know, test one matches or tier one matches that we had over this year. Like this is our third, you know, real close match together. And I felt like that showed we're starting to gel together. And the other tries were great too. But that one to me was like, okay, when those tiny things go right on those broken plays, that's when you know that they are really getting it. You got to remember, we're talking about a guy that plays professionally in England, you know, offloading to a guy that plays professionally in New Orleans. Yeah. Where over in England, like the England English national team, like they were together over the last weekend, just doing one of their their mini camps that they do where they're all playing together, running lines off one another. They're all in the same league, playing each other, facing each other all the Mm -hmm. time. So to your point, just that natural fluidity that, that we saw there. That came from, to your point, like we've been playing a lot of matches together and and Ruben knew that that guy was going to be there right at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, helps that uh, uh, Palefi is t- technically a, a, a club mate at Saracens, but um, it, it, it's a really good shout out. Another another shout out from this game, Preston, and, and beginning to look forward to the, to the squad that's been announced for, um, for the second match against Uruguay is all of a sudden uh, Mr. Dyer's just ability to score tries. He's really kind of burst onto the scene. Crazy that he's still, you know, just listed as a sevens player. You would think that somebody from um, the MLR would be trying to scoop him up. Although maybe Mike Friday is fighting tooth and nail. So that doesn't happen. But Christian Dyer uh, scored in the Canada match, scored in the Uruguay match. He's really starting to kind of put his name out there. Yeah. And I think that, that the try in that Canada match, he came from the other side of the field. He came from Mm -hmm. the opposite wing to get that support. I think it was on that, that cross kick to, to Honko, but one, he's that, just one of those stud athletes, you know, Cal, yeah. Cal grad. And, and again, showing that really nice connection. Probably smart. From, went to Cal. Yeah. What a, what a dick. Looks great. Yeah. yeah you, you just, you, you love to hate the guy. You I know? hope he stubs his toe. <laughs> but um, <laughs> after the Uruguay match, yeah, after, after the Uruguay, Uruguay match, um, we'll talk about the forwards in a little bit warm, but let's talk about, we, we, we lose AJ McGinty to shoulder injury and, you know, Will, Will McGee, who started, I don't know how many games at 10, you know, he's had some at mm-hmm. 15, but majority mm-hmm. at 10, mm-hmm. about him coming in and putting together a, a solid match. You know, obviously we can talk again about the last 10 minutes in which um, Uruguay pulled back, but you can't lay that at the feet of one player. That's not a mm-hmm. one player person or one position's responsibility. Um, but, but Will coming in and showing that, yeah, he can still razzle, he can still dazzle uh, and that the Eagles still have a chance when he's at, in the, in the number 10 shirt. I love seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Carty showed up pretty well against England, struggled against Ireland. Um, but will, you know, the tried and tested kind of pushed Luke Carty to the bench. Um, and, and I, I think right now it, it is Will's uh, Jersey as the, the guy behind AJ. Um, yeah. He's, he's a smooth operator, has an amazing boot, uh, social secretary of the club too, which doesn't help or of the team too, which doesn't help. But uh you know, the question becomes, Preston, with Will Hooley coming back from injury, although he has primarily played that reserve fullback position for us, um, with Luke Carty still getting time, you know, named again on the bench for this weekend's game, um, we, we still have that pressure on Will, which is good, right? Yeah. Um, in, in years past, you and I have been following the Eagles for a long time in the, like, looking back at Adam Sadal and guys <laughs> like that, where it was that we had one fly half. Toby Lestrange, not, yeah. 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 Then we, we were he, going to... Suni Ula, who also yeah. was playing center, right? And you just and, or, named three people who could start at fly half at that point. like Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, we even had Chris Wiles slotting in a fly half once or twice. So the fact that we've got th- 
three guys that could all be named at 10 and I wouldn't completely be like, whoa, what's that? I would yeah. be, oh yeah, that's totally normal. Is is a good sign. Obviously, we're missing AJ, and, and that makes this this weekend a, a little bit scarier just because he is a world-class rugby player and a world-class fly half. Yeah. Owen, any, anything from the forwards uh, from the, the first Uruguay match before we get into the squad? Uh, other Again, than maybe think, Taufete not playing hooker. Yeah, um, and, and, and that's gonna, we're going to talk about that here when we go through the squad uh, for the Uruguay match. But again, just Honko Hammerscheiss having a, another great game, and, and he will be missed in this upcoming match. Yeah. So so I say we actually just – let's get into this squad because there is a decent amount I want to talk about here. Let, let's start with the forwards. All right. Same exact um, uh, uh, type five. I mean, David Aniu, uh, Kalepi, and Joe Tafate are our front row with Nate Brakely and Nick Savetta at uh, the engine room. So this is the exact same one through five that, that w- started against Uruguay um, last weekend. We have Andrew uh, Gura coming in at flanker at six and Jamison Fanana Schultz coming in at flanker at seven and then Cam Dolan at eight. So really the only change is uh, 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 Gura moving from seven to six and then obviously adding in Jamison Schultz. Solid overall squad there, Preston. Um, I think this is our our starting front row. If anybody and everybody's available, I think this is mm-hmm. probably where we're going right now. And we did have a, a Twitter listener re- reach out and ask, hey, you know, why Greg Peterson on the bench? Why not yeah. uh, uh, starting with Nick Savetta? Or why not taking Nick Savetta or Nate Brickley's spot? Because this guy goes traditionally 80 minutes mm-hmm. for Newcastle in the premiership. Um, you know, why put a guy like that in the bench? And he didn't I start truly- last week either. Yeah, I truly, a lot of the times he's actually comes off the bench for Mm -hmm. us. And I I truly think it's the fact that Nate and Nick play so much together. They play together Mm -hmm. at Rooney. Their line out system is is pretty dominant at at Rooney. And I 100 think it's 100% think it's that. Obviously, Greg is a smooth, smooth operator at second row and a great guy to have coming off the bench. But I, I think that's the reasoning. Yeah, I mean, you look at their caps as well. Nate at 28, Nick at 26, and, and Greg at 33. They're all right there. And if you look at those caps, those are probably all a combination of one of those three people playing with the yeah. other. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And and, a little bit of Ben Landry probably sprinkled in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I wish we had some some more of that sprinkled in, but Warren. Uh, yeah, well, we will go back over. Actually, Warren, before we get to the backs, Fontana Schultz, he's back. Um, yep. Uh, he had that double yellow card against Canada, so automatic red, had to sit out a match. But you already talked about Andrew uh, Andrew Guerra, the the new man from NOLA, who is sort of a bolter. And, and to us, I feel like, on at least on the Eagles squad, coming up from yeah. camp and into the squad starting. Uh, do, you, do you think Honko, I mean, obviously, maybe we could read a little bit more. Honko might have picked up a, you know, a little injury. Not that we would have seen an injury report, but no, do you think that with, with, with Fontana Schultz coming back, they're a little bit more... Like Honko, you you've played I don't know three straight matches. You made an impact in all of them. Get a rest. We've got Jamison coming back, um, and he's rested from his from his forced absence. Oh, I just got see fresh that, legs uh, coming on. Honko did not travel due to family obligations. We actually ah, got an update. Same with you. Okay, so then disregard what I said. One, I'll change the question. Losing Honko is always a big deal, but how do you feel knowing that Fontana Schultz, even though he's still like a, you know low capped player, he still has years of experience in MLR and he's played a lot with the, the Eagles. So I think that's still a nice, um, yeah, you know, we're bolstered there. I, I'm pretty confident there, but I will say, I mean, I've said it before 
Blanker and Wing are our biggest kind of question marks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe even um, back three, because we technically are still putting guys that don't traditionally always play a fullback at fullback. Yeah. Although the guys we're putting there are doing just fine at it. So, so I'm not even really as worried about it. You know, Wing is still a, a, a question mark, although I do think Christian Dyer and, and Mika Cruz are coming on really hard. I'm becoming less and less worried about that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just these newer areas where we don't have these guys. You know, Tony Lamborn's boots are so big to fill. Yeah. So these guys really need to step it up and and, and continue to impress um, because we know that there's additional guys that, that coming up for the MLR ranks. Uh, again, I keep talking about guys on the bench, but Benjamin uh, uh, Bonasso from Rugby United New York uh, is going to be making his debut, getting yeah. his first cap off the bench. So they're mixing in that fresh blood because they because we know that the flankers aren't just ironed on, and and that's good to have that pressure uh, coming off the bench. Yeah. All right. Once well, I'll get to the uh, go through the backs a little bit. Uh, nine Ruben de Haas, uh, obviously getting that start there. I feel like he's he's definitely turned into the nailed on um, scrum half starter, and then he's throwing it to Will McGee, making his second straight start uh, at number ten. Uh, 11, Mike Cruse, a guy you just mentioned, who's co- been coming on really strong at wing. Uh, and then Tavita Lopetti getting his third cap uh, inside center, um, someone who's made their impact felt. Uh, and I feel like center is a, is a position that went from a strength to a, not, not a weakness, but a question mark. And I think Tavita's done a good job of at least answering that question. Uh, and then the other guy who's, who's just been so solid in acting as captain, Bryce Campbell, uh, at outside and then 14 uh, Christian Dyer and Marcel Brocky um, making another debut or another appearance at, at fullback kind of wherever we need him. Um, but yeah, I think that's a pretty solid back line, even though we've, we've, we still have some chopping and changing. Yeah. Um, so uh, an average of 20 caps across the starting 15. Um, so that is, a, that has been trending upwards when we were playing against Canada, that was down a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it, for us, that's actually a, a pretty decent um, average. You know, we generally average in, in the, the high teens to low 20s. Um, you know, with the USA team, just the nature of the amount of test matches we get, you're never going to have an average of like 50 caps like you yeah. see with some tier one nations. Um, interesting to see Tavite and Bryce change out from the Uruguay game. Both are starting, but um, Bryce started at 12 and Tavite at 13 to switch there. Yeah. Um, from my very basic uh, uh, rugby analysis, not being a back, to me, it's it's uh, we're we're gonna put Bryce as, as a as a basher up potentially, and um, and less as, as a link player, to where maybe that we found felt some some uh, areas that we could expose Uruguay in the back line, and let Tavite is definitely a big carrier. Don't get me wrong, but maybe we want to bring in that uh, that extra beef uh, behind Captain America and uh, and see if we can break some holes and the 13 channel. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's, it's a, it's a strange change to make. Um, I just, I feel like you don't see it too often if you're switching the, your inside and outside center right. um, from match to match playing against the same team in the same series, but they definitely had to have Gary Gold had to have seen something, whether in the opposition, the way their defense was set up or in the way that our offense was flowing, that that must've made sense. And, and, and I trust the way he's going to go. And yeah, I think Tavita is definitely a, you know, a major ball carrier, but when you're talking about, you know, bashing it up, putting some big meat, uh, you know, behind the ball and running it, I think that's, you're going to rely on Bryce. And so I wonder if maybe we're going to be trying getting it out wide more, um, you know, have, have Bryce shoot up as a dummy runner and try and skip him and get it out wide with Tavite, maybe draw some runners in on him and exploit them out in the wing, try and use Crusade or dire speed. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think what's exciting about watching the USA every time, and I'm not saying it wasn't exciting the past couple of years, because um, that was when you know we were obviously upsetting Scotland, but you kind of knew who the squad was going to be, and you knew what they had to offer. And I think it's exciting watching this, you know, looking throughout the back line, Dyer, five caps, Lopetti and Cruz say three and four caps. And then even in the, in the forwards, Piffoletti only has seven and then Guerra and Jameson each have four and five. So it's, there's so much new, there's so many new skills to see from these players. And there's a lot of new stories to be written. And and, and I think Tevite uh, uh, is going to be one of the, the people who you see, or you're writing a lot, a lot about in the back line. I think he's going to be a huge staple. And, and I don't know if it's a 12 or 13, but yeah, uh, to your point, I think there's something that they had to have seen, whether it's the defense or the offense, and they're going to try and target Bryce in that 13 channel. Looking at the reserves, Preston, we're doing a traditional five, three split. Um, you know, obviously a full, full front row, which is mm-hmm. part of a uh, part of this modern rugby these days. It's crazy to think that you and I are truly turning old, that that when we first yeah. started playing rugby, you did not carry a full front row. You brought a prop that could play each side. So Dylan Fawcett, Matt Harmon, Paul Mullen, no eyebrow raisers there. You know, Matt Harmon proved, uh, proving himself as a as a one of our new up and coming props and, and a, an exciting prospect out of out of uh, MLR. Greg Pearson, who we've already discussed uh, uh, as the backup uh, second row. Benjamin Bonanasso potentially getting his first uh, cap. So those will be our, our five, uh, our five forwards and Preston kind of talked me through our, our three backs, just so you know, our average caps drop down to just 19. If we include the the whole 23. And obviously the, a huge part of that is, um, but also get, you know, yeah. ha- having zero, but you know, Red, he was a, a former uh, Argentine um, age grade player. So I'm excited to see, uh, what, what he can do and uh, in the likes another, of Ben Sima, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we, you know, we'll see him again sometime soon as well. Uh, but then getting into the, the three reserve backs one, you've got Nate Oxberger who made his uh, another an appearance at the scrum half um, in his last match came in for Ruben um, toward the end of the match. He's sort of that dual player. He can go play wing or he can play scrum half. I'm, I'm happy for him to get uh, another opportunity at scrum half. There was so much competition there. Um, that, that first go around and obviously Ruben is very solid, but Nate is, uh, you know, 29 caps. He's a solid player and you know, you, you put him there. He's going to be very, uh, he's reliable and he's extremely athletic. And I think that's and kind can, of and cover at wing too, which yeah. is crucial. I mean, sometimes utility players, it, it's not as good for the player because they, they are more likely to be put on the wing. They are more yeah. likely to be bounced around. But for this team, for us, it, it's so important. Yeah, so, his, um, his athleticism, it, it, yeah. it's like, even if he did, if he, if, he, if he wanted to focus on one position, his athleticism, you almost need him to, to, to yeah. play dual. You, you, you can't and, a leader, and a leader, too. A, yeah. a leader amongst the, yeah. the boys. They always talk about that. Uh, and then a guy you've been talking about, Luke Cardi, um, reserve fly half. Only four caps, but someone who's potentially the next next man up, you know, over this next you know, four to five years of, of equals rugby. And then Will Hooley coming back from uh, his injuries uh, his you know, made this big splash with his new signing. I know on our roster, it still says unattached, which is no longer the case. That's how new that signing is. Uh, so he could obviously come back in either at fly half or fullback Warren, um, depending on how the game's going. Brocky could move into, you know, 12 or 13. So there's a lot of, you know, combinations we could do, but I, it's, it's a solid, Solid uh, bench. You're really only testing 
um, you know, one player and that's Ben Bonasso, even though that you mentioned Harmon only three caps and Cardi only four caps, I still think you sort of know what you're getting from them and you can rely on them at least at this stage, you know, when you're, when you're playing Uruguay. All right, Preston time for game analysis and predictions. I'm going to remove my spine and be completely spineless. Yeah. What we do to win this game is we kick penalties. Uruguay yeah. is a testy team. They play with a ton of passion and they get, they give up penalties. There is not a try bonus point. There's not mm. this, the art, this game is not going to be covered on ESPN. Um, only the true rugby nerds are going to be watching it anyway. The yeah. only thing that matters is beating Uruguay and scoring yeah. more points. It's the only thing that matters. So if I'm Gary Gold, I hope that Will uh, McGee's got his kicking boots on, and then same with Luke Cardi and Will Hooley. And I'm testing Uruguay. I'm telling my players get them pissed off, get them pushing, get them shoving, get them uh, get them trying to get into the rock, get them on the wrong side of the ref, and and I'm kicking my way to victory. Of course, we 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 can play through the backs. We can score tries. We can maul it over. I think we're a, a more physical team than Uruguay. However, unlike Canada, Uruguay does have like a meteor pack and, and a, a more kind of just experienced pack that that matches better. So, uh, like I said, it's not sexy. It's it's not. Uh, n- nobody's gonna be proud of me for saying this, but I think yeah. that's how we beat them, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I think given how we played on the road against Canada, even though it was our first real test match together in a long time, you're still on the road. And we definitely came out flat, had a, we lost by 13 points. And then you now, saw how we way, way on the road too. Canada is like, all right. I mean, yeah. Newfoundland, it's like, yeah, Maine yeah, it's is, like, Maine is an hour and a half away. If right? you get it lost really in Newfoundland, you can yeah. ask someone for directions and they're going to understand yeah. what you're saying. Like we're on the same continent. I mean, they, yeah. I think they threw, flew through Panama. I mean, they are on <laughs> essentially the other side of the world. Yeah. Completely yeah. different hostile environment. So, yeah. So we, we, you've got that, the plane ride, you've got everything. So it's knowing how we play on the road. I, I don't know if, if your traditional or how, you know, how you, we would want them to play of like, play this wide open flowing game. You know, it's obviously where we're on the road. We know that Uruguay is a solid squad. And I, I like what you, your, your thought process of trying to get them, you know, flustered. And I think them being at home down, even though it's only three points, maybe using that against them uh, of like all, all of the bravado that comes out when you hear your national anthem on home soil uh, yeah. and you have all this emotion pent up. Well, let's try and use that against them. Let's try and get them to use that emotion negatively um, and that sounds so bad, but like get them to use this emotion negatively to, to mess up, to, to, you know, instead of making the right decision, get them to maybe get a little chippy, throw, well, throw, well, throw they're going to be trying backs. to score. They're going to be trying to score tries because yeah. they, they immediately know that they're playing a little bit from behind. So they're going to be throwing it out uh, into the backs. They're going to be crashing it up, trying to break holes in the defense. So if we commit a person to the ruck, they're going to be flying in off their feet. They're going to be getting chippy, trying to, blow us out. And if we can get a couple penalties from, you know, coming in off your feet or sealing off and just put the pressure on them and start kicking, kicking points and staying ahead. Uh, the, I'll tell you right now, the worst thing that can happen for this team is for Uruguay to go up like nine zero or go up, you know, 10 zero on yeah. USA. Cause then all of a sudden we're panicking. If we can get some early points and always be ahead Uruguay chasing a game just isn't they're they're not as comfortable in, in, in that stage. It just doesn't doesn't play well to their to their uh the type the type of team kind of ethos they have. But if they are getting ahead and get that swagger, 
that that's when I get really scared as a USA fan. Yeah, I don't think we'll see as many breaks or tries set up like the you know cruise quick line out uh, that ends with the Dolan try you know 60 meters downfield. I don't think we'll yeah. see too many of those. I think we will score tries. I think let's say we score four tries. I think minimum of three of them are going to be from malls. Um, and, and I think from then on, it, it, we're going to use, like you said, the boot. I think we're going to go for three points as often as possible. And we're going to score <clears throat> through malls. Like we're not going to be trying to swing it out wide because we have no incentive to, you know, unless we're yeah. trying to chase the match, which is, yeah. you know, not the position you want to be in, but yeah, I, I think we we're going to, we're going to have the ball in, in either Talfete's hands or Dolan's hands at the back of a ruck or a mall. And we're going to say, you know, it's, it's your, it's your game. If they collapse it, we're going for three. And we'll keep on doing that, you know, until the 80th minute. One thing I'm, I'm hoping is that, you know, if we're up, you know, by 10, 12, 15 points toward the end of the match, we can keep our foot on the gas. We can keep our foot on their throat and not let up like we did uh, in, in Glendale, you know, going from 19-3 in, you know, 20 short minutes going from 19-16. So, yeah, that's, that, that's kind of a scare. But, yeah, I think we're going to go from the boot, we're going to go for penalties a bunch, and I think we'll probably see more malls per minute than we've seen in any other match. Cause like you said, there, there is no, there is no bonus point try. Like there's literally, there's no incentive to do anything other than just straight up win the game, whether it's by one point or, you know, 50 points, that's all that matters. So I think it's might not be the sexiest match, but it's definitely going to be, um, it's going to be intense, but yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be that, that forwards battle. Cause I think I agree that you said it can be backs on their part, trying to spin the ball wide, trying to put us under pressure. And for us, it's going to be like, let's play that Northern hemisphere rugby. We're going to try and, and maybe Gary gold will prove us wrong, but who knows? Yeah. Preston uh, game time, according to USA rugby's website is four 30 PM Uruguay time. I'm very glad they kept it in Uruguay time. Cause yeah. we, we all know Uruguay time. So do, uh, due to a little bit of research, Uruguay is a hour ahead of us, which just automatically pisses me off. Yeah, um, yeah. So game time is 3.30 Eastern time, um, which allows for, because uh, uh, everybody knows Eastern time is the one that matters. Yeah, so we'll, be, we'll definitely be tuning in uh, to a Uruguayan broadcast, rebroadcast by Flow Rugby for $30 a month. But looking forward to cheering on the boys. Nonetheless, huge game ahead of us, Preston. We are defending America's One Champions. It is a big deal to us uh, to, to get that spot, to know we're heading to the World Cup put our focus on the world cup and not have to then be thinking about playing America's two or for, for America's two for whoever wins the Canada uh, Chile series. We didn't even talk about that one. Yeah. Uh, all I'm going to say about Canada, their, their first match against Chile. So you look at, you look at uh, Auburn two weekends ago, they had this huge game against Penn state. <clears throat> they, they almost won. And then the next weekend they go out there and Auburn almost loses to Georgia state. Like very realistically could have lost to Georgia state. Who's been a football team for, I don't know, 10 years. And, and, and Canada comes off of, they, they beat us in match one and then they lose a heartbreaker. You know, we, we kind of blew them out in match two and they had this game against Chile. I don't think that was an indicative Canada result. I think that was their Georgia state moment. And I think match two Canada is going to come out and, and put a whooping on, on, on Chile. And I, I think they're going to, you know, get, I think they're going to get in line. They're going to get it together and we're going to see a completely different Canadian side. Do you have a pr- prediction on that? And that, that I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to appease anyone. I'm just that, yeah. that, that's my, that, that's my honest feeling about it, watching that it, game. 
It'll be interesting to watch. It's definitely be a chippy encounter, and uh, the the uh, alleged eye gouge from Chile yeah. on the on the Canadian player doesn't help. So yeah, I, I'm predicting the Canada win too, Preston. But I'll tell you right now, I don't want to. I don't want to be playing the, whoever wins that series yeah. for the Americas too. I just don't want to be in that spot. I saw a good comment uh, about the eye gouge. It said that World Rugby didn't pay the the 15.99 subscription fee to watch the game. So so no one at World Rugby saw the eye gouge, and therefore it won't be penalized. So. All right, Preston, looking forward to watching this game and, and mm-hmm. cheering on our Eagles. Hell yeah. Go, Go Eagles. Eagles. Be your Don't you want to tell me why? 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 I feel like I'm a